Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, first of all, before I start, I want to share, uh, as we were singing about the waters rising, in the middle of singing, the Lord brought back to me a dream that I had repeatedly from the time I was a young person through my teenage years. And this dream would be over and over and over, and I would be swimming in the water. I could see perfectly. I didn't have to come up for breath because I could breathe in the water. And as we were singing that song, the Lord says, get ready for an outpouring of my spirit, and don't be concerned about the, the floods. Don't be concerned about Uh, the immense amount of water because you're going to be able to breathe. You're going to be able to see. You're going to be able to function. And I remember all those dreams that I had were all very positive dreams. And uh, I would love to dream it because I love to go swimming without having to come up for air. And so, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, just for you bringing those things back to me, I just want to celebrate and recognize that maybe all those years were a a precursor to what we're about to step into in this season. And so we receive right now, we receive that outpouring in Jesus' name. Amen. And before I begin to minister, uh, uh, would all the... Global students, one of my track, and those that aren't, just go ahead and stand up. Yay, we honor you guys. You know you got a place in my heart, right? That guy over there, Manny, he comes up and he tells me stuff, and I go, oh my gosh, that's so good, and then I write a book about it, right? And so (laughs) he's always challenging me to think in ways that this baby boomer might not think, but when he drops a word, man, it just explodes inside of me. So thank you for your little edge of building there, not edge, how you build. So uh, today I'm really excited. Uh, because there's two messages I've been wanting to preach here, and I've just not gotten them together because of all the other things I have. And then Katie said uh, about me preaching on the prophetic. So I'm giving you a splash of three different messages. So we'll see where this goes. But um, I want to start out with perspective management. And the Lord has really been putting this on my heart because it's not what happens to us. It's our perspective about what is happening to us. It's how we view our world that shapes what we think, what we feel, what we believe, and how we act. And so perspective is everything. And um, in the midst of that, I came into some different situations in my life as I was preparing this. You know, God speaks to you because you're going to need it. And... um, I was going through some situations and it kept coming back to me, Melody, what's your perspective? How are you going to view this? And so with that said, there is so much power in the prophetic, so much power in hearing the voice of God, so much power in revelation and illumination. And the fact is, the more I hear the voice of the the Lord, guess what? 
the better perspective I have. So instead of seeing through my eyes and circumstances, I'm seeing through his. And so in Philippians 4, 8, and we'll go into this a little bit deeper, it says, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. So what is God telling us that we should put our thoughts and our mind and our perspective on? The things, let's look at the whole scripture. Finally, uh, believers, whatever is true, what is, what is honorable, what is worthy of respect. Can you imagine what would happen in our homes and families with just simple respect? Can you imagine how we could cross the great divides in our nation with just simple respect? If children would respect their parents, if wives would respect their husbands, come on. Can you imagine how everything would shift if what was going on in our perspective was founded upon respect? Is it right? Is it confirmed by God's word? Man, if the Bible doesn't say it, say it, if it's contradictory to the word of God, we got to cast it out. The moment a lie becomes my perspective, it'll shape what I do. Whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace. Here's a big one. I got to stop. What brings peace? The moment my mind starts to worry, starts to fear, become overwhelmed, and the perspective is this big mountain that is before me, the best thing I can do for me is take away the power of that mountain by choosing peace. Now, I'll tell you, that's why we need prophetic revelation. We need his presence. Isn't it true? Just a few seconds in the presence of God, there's a supernatural peace that is released. He's telling us, I want you to focus on those things that bring peace to you. Because when you do that, it'll shift your perspective. It'll shift the way you think. What's admirable and of good repute, what's excellent, what's worthy of praise. I don't know what you were facing before you came to church today, but I'll tell you, in the midst of praise, our mindsets shift. When we are driven to honor our God, then who he is is made manifested in me. Think continually, think continually on these things. Because guess what? If I fill my mind with these things, there's no room for other things. And the moment other things try to come in, guess what? It doesn't feel good. Guess what? When you're in turmoil, and drama, and chaos, guess what? You don't have peace. So when I fill myself with what is of heaven, then it literally shifts my perspective. So think continually on these things, center your mind on them, and implant them in your heart. Why does God say this? Because your mind is what makes you who you are. Listen to me. This, this is neuroscience right here, guys. Your mind, what you think, makes you who you are. Now, the older I get, the more I like this. I could show you a little cute little picture of me when I was a baby. I was so cute. That was Melody, right? Guess what? This 65-year-old wrinkled thing is Melody. Externally, right? 
But what really makes me me is not the outside. It's what's on the inside of me. Who you are is not what you look like. It's not what you possess. It's not what you obtain. It is how you think because your mind thinks, it feels, and it believes. Your mind chooses. You see, your mind controls. The devil is not in control. You say, God is in control. And in his sovereign control, he gave you a free will. In his sovereign power, he says, I want you to think on those things that are good and pure and perfect and lovely. Because if you do those things, you're going to walk in peace. How can you not worry? How can I not worry? I mean, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. What do I do with my fear? I make a conscious choice to think on those things that align with heaven. Did I say it's easy? <laughs> but we are really powerful. My mind controls my perspective, and immediately my perspective is communicated to my physical brain. I can't unpack this in detail because this is a splash, all right? But according to neuroscience, my mind thinks, feels, believes, and chooses. And that's what shapes the percep perception and my perspective. And the moment I have a perspective on something, the moment I think something, the moment I believe something to be true, it immediately communicates to my physical brain. And the moment it communicates to my brain, my brain responds to my mind. Then your physical brain instantly influences every cell in your body. So what I think, what I feel, what I believe, what I choose, my perceptions communicate to my physical brain, and that brain tells every single cell in my body how you're to function. Therefore, your perspectives make your body work for you or work against you. How you think about life will work for you or against you. I mean, we just want God to go poof and take it away. He says, I've given you power to either think or not to think on something. Right? I've given you the ability to believe. I've given you the ability to choose. Now, when your thoughts align with his thoughts, then we experience the manifestation of the peace of God ruling and reigning in our hearts. You know, when you feel bad, your first response is to find somebody or something to blame. We got to blame somebody rather than recognizing that it's not what I'm experiencing, it's how I respond to my experience. Did you ever walk in fear and you felt sick to your stomach or your heart began to beat fast? You know, it, it begins to affect your physical body. 
It's because of what I have allowed my mind to see as reality. So the core perspective is what I think, feel, and believe, first of all, about God. One thing I love when the Spirit of God speaks, it reveals to us who he is. The first song we sang today was all about the love of God, right? When we realize how he views us, what does it do? It begins to cause me to have a different perspective about myself. Because if my perspective about God is right, then the perspective about who I am is right. If he is a good daddy... Oh, about 14, 15 months ago when I started my stopped evaluation movement, I felt the heartbeat of God so strong. This person who doesn't cry very much was crying all the time. And Stephen and I were talking about that one day, and we began to say, oh my goodness, do you realize what that was? Yes, it helped give me direction. It helped give me courage to do what I did not feel I was adequate to do. But every time that took place, it was an encounter with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was filling me up, gracing me, empowering me. He was moving in my life to give me courage. So the more I understood his heart, the more I understood my direction. And the more I understand and have a proper perspective of who I am, I will have a proper perspective of who you are. If I am hating you, that means I already hate me. If I'm critical of you, it's because I'm already critical of me. If I complain about you, it's because inside I'm complaining about me. Life stinks, right? But when my perspective aligns with heaven and I see myself as he sees me, then I start seeing you like he sees you. And then all of that translates to my worldview. Oh, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, I just see all this division and all this stuff and everybody complaining and the fighting and all these things going on. Yes, that's what we're seeing in the natural. But what is heaven's perspective about this earth? In fact, he said, go into all the world, which isn't just people. It is the very land. It is government. It's the aspect of all things on this planet. He says, go into all the world and preach the Oh, good news. Not critical, judgmental, condemning. So when I really know who my God is, I will know who I am. My perspective of others will change and my perspective of the world. But you don't know what they're doing. All I have to know is, I know what I used to do. My God so loved me, not just while I was a sinner. He loved me when I was an enemy to him. Who am I to judge someone else when, oh my goodness, if you would have known Melody way back when. What is our perspective? Prophecy means coming from divine inspiration. It's like the light bulb that turns on that instead of the lie, we believe the truth. We see heaven's reality, and I love this scripture. 
Used it in my prophetic class all the time, right, guys? Acts 22, 14. The God of our fathers has chosen you. What has he chosen you for? To know his will. To see the righteous one. I see his actions. Righteous means right actions. I see the righteous one and I hear the words of his mouth. See, God chose us to hear his voice because when we hear his voice, it shapes our perspective and it affects us, body, soul, and spirit. The word of God declares, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And what is your soul? It is your mind. It is your choices. It is your emotions. He says, when that mind is prospering, you're going to prosper. We've already been rescued. When Jesus paid the price for us, his work is done. So he's sitting on the right hand of the Father praying for us. Oh, grace him. Grace him, Lord. <laughs> so they can have the right perspective so they can see how much you love them, how, they, how you want them to love their world. I believe at this season in the body of Christ, a spirit of evangelism is arising because our world isn't revolving just around us. Our world is revolving around those he's called us to reach. See, when he speaks, it's so we have a proper perspective of who he is so we have a proper perspective about who we are. So we have the proper perspective of our purpose in order to touch the lives of others. So we have the proper perspective of what he is doing in the world. Oh, the last days, perilous times. Times of great stress, times of difficulty, things that are so hard to deal with. Men's hearts will faint for fear. But the Bible also says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's just say Christians. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Come on. That's heaven's perspective about the last day. I'm not denying that there's difficulties. I just have to have a higher reality, a higher perspective. So my heart doesn't faint for fear. So first of all, we must have the proper perspective of who God is. And the word of God says that the word is a more sure word of prophecy. So we can find the character and the nature of our God in the word of God. Now, I'm only going to touch, skim the surface. There's so much about our God. But the bottom line is he is love. I love in the Passions translation, he says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. He said, you've got to know I love you. He is not out to get you. He's not condemning you because Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came so that we could have life. Come on. Let the nature of his love nourish our hearts. See, the only way 
to change my perspective is to confront a false perspective or a false perception with truth. I've got to confront the lies. I've got to be real with myself that I'm believing a lie. And if I know it's a lie, then I've got to fight the good fight of faith to establish a perspective that lines with heaven because that's the place of my power. Our God, and I'll get into this more, and you know this is my sermon for the last 30 years, our God is a God of justice. And I'm especially excited for that in 2020, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But in Isaiah 61, 8, it says, For I, the Lord, love justice. What does he love? Justice. Justice is power used for good. He says, I love so much that I'm using my power for your good. I hate robbery and I hate iniquity. I want you to know your creator, your daddy God, hates how you've been sinned against. He hates how you've been stolen from. He hates how there's been an abuse of power in your life. He hates that. Well, why didn't he stop it? Because man has a free will, but it is the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, God hates that. But when we recognize he is a God of justice and that becomes our perspective, then we position ourselves to receive his justice. He said, in my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. You know, the devil is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. If he leaves you alone, you'll just fulfill destiny. If he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which he does for every single person on the planet... Guess what? Our God said, I'm going to be faithful to you, and I'm making a covenant. Listen to Joel's message from last week. There's so much power in covenant. We have a covenant. That's an exchange. I give him me, he gives me him. Wow, who got the good deal on that one, all right? He makes an everlasting covenant with us. He is faithful covenant keeper. Deuteronomy 7, 9 Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Your prophetic word, Reuben. When he makes a covenant, he makes it with you and your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids to a thousand generations. That's his promise. When the God of justice arose on my behalf, he took me to Isaiah 61. He said, instead of shame, you're going to have double. Instead of disgrace, you're going to have a double inheritance. And then it goes on and it says, and your children will be known among the nations and your offspring among the people because of the injustice, because the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. Guess what? I make such a covenant with you that not only are you going to get double, but you're going to see up to a thousand generations the blessing of God upon your seed. He is a rewarder. And we've got to believe that God is, and we've got to believe. Our perspective has to be that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If I don't want him, he'll grieve, but you can have what you want. 
If I want him, I can have all he is. And when I pursue him, when I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything's going to be added to me. i got to believe that. That has to be my perspective. I remember I wasn't the greatest mother. I mean, I wasn't all that bad, but I was such a perfectionist. My kids had to jump through hoops and be perfect. There Joel was. Man, he was trained from birth. And there he was, 18 months old, and he had to sit in a little rocking chair in our little startup church for three hours, and he couldn't move. And if he moved other than standing up to sing, as Rebecca was our sound man, and I'd give her the look, and she'd know to push stop or play. I'm telling you, these kids had to do it perfectly. And if he got up, that means one swat. That means two swats, you know? And so guess what? He sat in that little rocking chair. Bless their hearts. Now you can all feel sorry for them, right? <laughs> but when God set me free, when God healed my heart, not only did I do a lot of repenting, but I cried out to God and I said, God, we didn't do this thing perfect. And at this time, uh, I think Joel was at the end of I don't know, maybe like sixth grade, and Rebecca was ninth grade or seventh and ninth, whatever it was. And um, I just cried out, and I said, God, I asked that you would move on my children. I haven't done this thing perfect. And guess what? What parent has done it perfect? Come on, all right. Any, any perfect parents in this place? Thank you, Jesus. All right. So the fact is, we must trust in the God who says your children will be known among the nations and your offspring among the people. So if I seek him, he's going to bless me and he's going to reward me and he's going to reward my seed. So right now, in the name of Jesus, let's just pray. Father, right now, Lord, we're not going to live with a regret, with a condemnation, with a judgment over the past. We have no power over the past. But right now, we ask for the God of justice to arise on behalf of our children. We ask, oh God, that you would do a work in their lives, that they would be known among the nations, they would be known among the people, that your hand would not leave them. And Lord, that the value of heaven would be so demonstrated to them that, Lord, even if they're running away, they're going to find themselves running right to you. And so in Jesus' name, we declare and decree that your blessing and your reward is upon our children in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's look at heaven's per prophetic perspective for 2020, and I'm going to bring in prophetic words as global prophets have come together, and I'm only picking out the two basic ones that are my voice, okay, but there's a lot in there. And um, the first thing is unprecedented accelerated demonstration and manifestation of the Lord's justice. Did I get excited about that prophetic word? And then I found three or four other people that were prophesying that this was a season for the justice of God. And that was going to be one of my whole messages just to rehearse in this house, the justice of God. And that was Lana Valser. And this is what she said. There is an unprecedented demonstration and manifestation of my justice upon the church in this new era. Everything the prophets are saying, it's not just a new season, it's not just a new year, it's a new era. We have moved into the era where we shall see the greatest demonstrations of the justice of the Lord being made manifested in the earth like we never have seen before. 
The Lord is bringing the gavel down to bring down injustice and to overturn. Some of the greatest injustices that have happened in the lives of believers and in the earth are going to be overturned in this new era. I heard the words, I am bringing down the giant of injustice. Come on, guys. This gets me excited. These giants of injustice is in the lives of believers and in the earth that have been making more noise than ever before. And that, have you ever noticed the last year or two have been really rough? Giants of injustice. We're going to scream. We're going to yell. We're going to tell you you're defeated. We're going to tell you you're going to fail. You're not going to make it. <laughs> These giants of injustice in the lives of believers and in the earth have been making noise that making more noise than ever before. And that is because the gavel of the Lord is coming down swiftly. The Lord showed me that that this move of his spirit bringing forth an unprecedented demonstration and manifestation of his justice is going to bring a great acceleration. The Lord will not just be dealing with one area of injustice. The Lord showed me the domino effect of injustice that has taken place in the lives of believers and in the earth. And the Lord is now about to demonstrate his power on a scale we have never seen before, where there will be an accelerated demonstration of justice of the Lord overturning the injustices all at once. I heard the words, lifelong injustices, lifelong injustices. Think about some things happened to you when you were a little kid. Lifelong injustices will suddenly be overturned. So what is my perspective going to be? All oh, the garbage I went through, the injustice, the molestation, come on. The abuse of power? Am I going to focus on how bad it's been? Or I'm going to focus on the God of justice that is arising and releasing his purposes in our lives. The gavel is coming down swiftly. See, God rules and reigns. And he sits upon a throne and in Psalms 97 two, clouds and darkness are about him. Righteousness, righteousness and justice are the habitation or the very foundation of his throne. The rule and reign of God. What is the kingdom? The rule and reign of God. And so he rules and reigns from a foundation of righteousness and justice. And when justice is manifest, manifested, the kingdom of God is manifested. When the injustices in your life are broken, the kingdom of God has come to you. When the enemy is driven out, the kingdom of God has come to you. Man, I am so hungry for everything that God is desiring to do right now. Cindy Jacobs said, reset, back to the original functionality. That's going back to God original, God's original intent. Who did he create you to be? We start taking our identity based upon our experiential reality, and God says, no, I'm resetting things in your life. So you can go back to my original intent for your life. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we dismantle every lie. 
We dismantle all abuse of power. We dismantle the pain and the suffering and the rejections and the betrayals. We just cancel out even all the stupid things we did. Lord, we just thank you that right now that is under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we declare and decree that we are being reset in this season in Jesus' name. And then she goes on to say, or the Lord goes on to say through her, restitution in ways that man could never do, greater than anything that has happened in the past. Make decrees. Prophesy our song. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. Make those decrees of restoration and restitution. That exploded inside of me because I've been preaching for the last 30 years on justice. And one thing I have said is that when a judge puts down his gavel, not only is there a restoration of what was stolen from you, but there is restitution, meaning so much more than what was stolen from you, you receive. That's what double honor is all about. That's what that thousandfold return is all about. That's how the devil has to return sevenfold when he's discovered, right? Because the gavel of heaven, the judge of all the earth, has made a decree that it is the season for justice. Make decrees. You know, every time you decree what God says, you are telling your own soul how it should think, how it should feel, how it should believe, and what it should choose. Did you ever do the right thing when you felt like doing the wrong thing? Come on. Hopefully we all have. We've done the right thing whether we felt it or not. Do you know what that is? That is power right there. You know why God hates injustice so much? Is because when we, ex oh my gosh, when we experience injustice, we start believing lies about ourselves. Here I was at two and a half years old, feeling like I had to protect my mommy and my daddy so they didn't hurt. I had to hide those things on the inside of me. I'd have nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. All those things caused me to believe so many lies. I wasn't good enough. I was damaged goods. I could never be married. I could never have children. I could never have a fulfilled life. If I want something, I got to fight for it because nobody cares about me anyway. That's why I became so angry because I was fighting for survival because the lies that came with injustice. So guess what happens when the God of justice arises on our behalf? Everything changes. Have you ever tried making something change? But if I cry out to the God of justice, everything changes. In the last class at Global, I said one reason we hear the voice of God is so something changes. I don't say God says so I can just try to convince my husband to do what I want. Well, it's a lug. I know it has never. This is the, a man you can never manipulate. I tried in the beginning and it just didn't work. 
Thank you, Jesus. No, we hear the voice of God so we can be transformed into his image. Candace Simmons said, avengers of justice. Because see, something happens when you receive justice, then you rise up and want to be an instrument of justice. She said, a company of God's lions who roared over the nations and took back those who were suffering from the hands of injustice. Listen to what she says, or the Lord said through her. For the Lord is going to raise up companies of deliverers that will roar louder than the enemy. Many have grown tired of hearing what can't be done and what, will, what we will decide to... Ah, Many have grown tired of hearing what can't be done and will decide to trust the voice of the Lord in them and will run to the nations. They will establish children homes, feeding centers, supernatural centers, homes for unwanted mothers and vocational training centers, etc., etc. And the roar coming out from them will be like a mighty battle cry, a roar that mimics their hero God carrying salvation, healing, and justice wherever they go. Sounds like it's a season of God's justice, right? I want to go to one other thing that is just common, a common thread. And it's something that the Lord has been speaking through me for the last two years. Not that I thought it was a thus saith the Lord or anything, but the Lord just kept taking me back to Isaiah 55, where he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. He's giving us an invitation to think like him and to function like him, because when we do that, we will see the miraculous. Job twenty-two twenty-eight, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now we're going back to prophetic decrees once again. When our perspective aligns with the thoughts and the ways of heaven and we begin to decree what God has already said, guess what? Light's going to shine on our ways. Sharon Stone, a friend of this house, international prophetess, she says, God is bringing us full circle back to the basic truth and his purpose and ways, a correction point for his church. Oh my gosh, we get scared. God's going to correct me. All correction is, is a course direction. You're going in a direction that's harmful for you. Let's go in this direction. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that what parents do? Godly parents do? It's not about punishment. It's about leading us into the way of life, leading us into his thoughts. Man, if I'm thinking wrong, I want my husband to say, Melody, you're thinking wrong here. If he's thinking wrong, I tell him. Okay. And so, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> no, we made a decision. We're going to correct each other. Because you know what? We made a decision. We're going to submit to truth. Our kids even knew that when they were young, that they could come and approach us with truth. And we submitted ourselves to our children because what they were saying was truth. Rebecca has a story all about, no, Joel had a story about the snake. Rebecca, I can't remember her story. But they had stories. They, they didn't do it really graciously. But we, what? I mean, there was a movie. And you say you're a pastor. 
she stomps upstairs. And we go, you know what? I mean, it wasn't even a bad movie, but she had a very high convictions. And you know what? If we were doing something that violated her convictions, guess what? We turned the movie off. Come on, guys. You submit to truth. She says, Sharon Stone as well, says it's a new era. Fullness of time, endless possibilities. You cannot look at the hindrances and the distractions in the past. Victorious church, a decade like never before. God is bringing his church back to his truth and his ways. Fundamental truths of his word and ways, his original plan and purpose. Why? Why is he doing this? Because see, we got to think right. We got to believe right. We got to feel right. We got to align our thoughts and ways with heaven. Why? Because he is breaking off the mixture I remember my kids um, back when I fed them unhealthily, and um, uh, they wanted to do something or watch something. I can't remember what it was. And I told them, I said, guys, would you like me to make you brownies? Yeah, that sounds good. Don't worry, I'll just put a little poop in them. They poop, I'm not going to eat that. Oh, it's just a little. And so often we with the little stuff in us. And there's a mixture in there that is perverting our perspectives. Come on. Well, it's not that bad. Whenever you find yourself making an excuse for something, you recognize it's a mixture. Okay, you're really shouting me down right now. I hear all those amens ringing in your heart. All right. Because he is breaking off the mixture, wrong doctrine, the thing, you know, we have believed things are the, that are of the enemy. Well, God made you sick to teach you something, to mature you. No, he'll use anything, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Where in the Bible did you see Jesus putting sickness on anybody? Bringing poverty to anyone? Come on we got to get some doctrine right. Because if that's how I view my father, okay, I'm not walking perfectly today, so let's make you really sick so you repent and straighten up. Oh, my gosh. But I'll do it in love. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. That was a little pet peeve. Let me go back. Wrong doctrine. The things that have compromised the body of Christ to release a greater authority. Do you realize when we have the thoughts and ways of heaven, we'll have a greater authority? For deliverance that any generation has ever seen before. These prophetic words are not just for 2020. It's for this era. It's what God is doing. Patricia King says, this is a year for America. 
For there are paradigm shifts, especially in church, for aligning the ways of God. Repentance. What is repentance? You dirty sinner, you. No. Repentance is saying, I was thinking wrong. Now I start thinking in alignment with the thoughts and the ways of heaven. Repentance is just changing the way I think. Because when I change the way I think, it'll change the way I feel. It'll change what I believe. It'll change my choices. And then suddenly life will be pretty bright because I'm living from heaven. All right. Conviction. What is conviction? It's having a firmly rooted belief. Now I want to say this really quickly because I believe that God gives every person unique convictions. Hey, if it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. Come on. If God says it, I believe it. That settles it, right? If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. But you know what? There are things that God speaks to us as a conviction because that is a conviction that we need for our destiny, for our purpose. And I can't violate that conviction. I'm not going to push my conviction onto you. But guess what? I'm not going to violate that conviction on the inside of me. God wants us to return to some convictions Because when I violate those convictions, it's sabotaging my purpose. If I had more time, I'd tell you some of them. But maybe it's good I don't have more time, okay? God wants his ways. More from Lana Valser, and she said, in 2020, see what God sees. See the manifestation of the promises of God. Occupy the land. Take more ground than ever before. Venture into new assignments and territories, radical and bold faith. We will look back on this year and see that there was a shift that took place that nothing will be the same. You won't recognize yourself because you have changed. Walk by faith like never before. Engage with the strategies of God. Go back, I love this, go back to the school of the Holy Spirit to learn his ways. We are to draw close to him and hear what he is saying and walk in his ways because there is going to be levels of increase. So you need to get close to the Holy Spirit to be able to store that increase. Philippians 4, 8, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Thank you, Father. I have never done this before, but today I'm getting out my gavel. (laughs) In this house, and where there's been injustice, where things have just not been fair, right, we need to partner with heaven and put down a gavel of authority. So let me get out my gavel. It is greatly used. In fact, my grandson, Maxwell, said, I need a new gavel because I broke it. And he looked at all the wood that's chipped off, and he goes, you don't hit it like this. You hit it like this. But after hitting it so much over the years, and, um, and honestly, there's so much power in this. It's a prophetic decree. So right now, 
if there has been an injustice in your life, and it doesn't mean it had to be from the hands of man. You were stolen from. You were sinned against. You suffered abuses of power, whether it was words, actions, attitudes, physically, financially, socially, relationally. If you've experienced injustice and you want the gavel of justice to come down on your behalf, we're going to partner with heaven right now. Could you just stand if that's you? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We just thank you and praise you, Lord. God, we recognize life really hasn't been fair for anyone on the planet. We've all been hurt. We've all suffered. We've all had loss. We all experienced some form of abuse somewhere. But Lord, right now, we choose to put our perspective not on what happened to us, but what we're allowing to happen in us right at this moment. And in the name of Jesus, you have called us to cry out to the God of justice for him to arise on our behalf. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare and we decree that the God of justice is arising. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Join with me right now in the name of Jesus. I break the power of sexual abuse right now in Jesus' name. I declare and decree that the angels with their flaming swords are driving that out right now in the name of Jesus. We come against every abuse of power in the name of Jesus, where you've been shamed, where you've been belittled, where you've been criticized, where you've been judged harshly. We break that off right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you that the God of justice is moving on our behalf right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, where there has been attack on the physical body. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Where there has been an attack from the enemy on our physical bodies right now, I thank you for the God of justice arising right now with healing in his wings in Jesus' name. I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I'm picking something up. It's like there's been a strategy of the enemy to try to bring about premature death. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we recognize it's not just a natural thing. It's a strategy of hell. And so right now, in Jesus' name, we come against premature death right now. In the name of Jesus, we break its power in Jesus' name. And we ask, oh God, that the God of justice would arise on behalf of each one right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, I just hear the last enemy we will face is death. Man, when we face the fear of death and we overcome that through the thoughts and ways of heaven and the God of justice moves on our behalf, breaking that off, get ready. You're going into a whole new season. You're going into a place of abundance, of expansion. Hey, get out. Stretch out your tent pegs, guys, because you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak to death right now and say no more in the name of Jesus. In the 
name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Lord, right now, I just thank you and praise you for those who have suffered even in the family unit where they have not seen family as you created family to be. And Lord, it's hurt them. It's wounded them. They've not known how to function. The ability to trust has been so difficult. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that who you are is invading their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And every painful event that has come from the family unit right now, I just decree the God of justice is arising in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Loretta, do you have a decree? Wait, 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 come up here. We need to hear just. That there will be recompense in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we do declare recompense. We do declare restitution in everything in the name of Jesus. So right now, we put our perspective on the double. We put our perspective on the promise. We put our perspective on the power of God right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. 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 In Jesus' name, right now, we grab hold and just say this after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you that you're pouring out your grace upon me. And there will be a fresh anointing to embrace the thoughts and the ways of heaven. There will be a fresh anointing to look at what you are saying and doing. And so in the name of Jesus, I let the old ways go. And I allow myself to be changed and to look so much more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.